Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'll be speaking with Abby Marino, the Director of Operations and Outreach at The Real Hope Project. Abby is the Director of Operations and Outreach at The Real Hope Project, a Minnesota nonprofit organization creating recruitment profile videos for foster youth with no chance of reunification. With a heart for amplifying nonprofit narratives specific to vulnerable populations, Abby enjoys supporting the vision of foster care youth finding their forever families. She oversees operating procedures at the Real Hope Project and appreciates the full circle of her role in coordinating shoot days with dedicated social workers and ultimately connecting prospective families to begin the adoption licensing process. Abby initiates big picture outreach and expansion opportunities and works closely with each new state lead as the organization grows beyond the Midwest. Test all things, hold fast what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21. Welcome, it's May. May is National Foster Care Awareness Month, and I am so thrilled to be speaking with today's guest, She reached out to me on LinkedIn, and she is just an amazing advocate for those youth in foster care. And Abby and her organization, the Real Hope Project, is such an amazing force that's growing and serving those youth and families in foster care. And I'm excited to meet her and to share what she's doing and to, and to introduce Abby to our FASD Hope listening audience, because she has a lot of important things to say, not only about the Real Hope Project, but also about her experience and her personal journey um, in being a sibling um, of a young adult with an FASD. So with that very lengthy introduction, I am thrilled to be introducing Abby Marino to you. So Abby, welcome to FASD Hope. Thank you so much, Natalie. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for, for inviting me. And thank you for reaching out to me. Our pre-recording conversation was probably, gosh, like an hour and a half long. We just <laughs> we just talked and talked and talked and we just realized, oh my goodness, this needs to be like such an amazing episode that needs to be shared with everybody. So Abby, before we start talking about the Real Hope Project, I know that you have your own journey in adoption through having a brother who was adopted from Russia. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I know a lot of our listeners, they, we really do, myself included, we, we like to hear from the perspective of siblings, especially when we know uh, if, if one sibling um, has a unique adoption journey um, and just your point of view 
um, from your family, how you, your family brought your brother home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say professionally, my background has just been sort of a combination of um, some really neat nonprofit work. I've been so blessed to be able to work at several within the last eight years in the Twin Cities area. It's um, such a rich and diverse area for nonprofit work. Um, and one of those nonprofits was serving birth moms um, who were either in crisis within their parenting or in a, um, a birth plan during an unplanned pregnancy. And so um, at that position, I feel like I just gained a, a better understanding of the birth mom angle side of things, especially when CPS is involved. Um, and then I went on to work a um, couple of positions after that, which is where I am now um, at the Real Hope Project. And we really work on the social worker side of things and the um, waiting kids perspective. And then um, kind of the third piece would just be, yeah, my, my parents adopted my brother from Russia when I was eight. And so have firsthand um, witness to kind of what that looks like to adopt a child and um, be on the receiving end of, of an international adoption. Let's talk about, um, let's just talk about your background and how you became involved in the foster care and in the FASD communities. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, people typically ask me um, what my degree is in, which is actually German language and literature. And then I have a minor in translating and interpreting. So <laughs> that is not at all relevant today. Um, so I actually got involved in the adoption world um, a couple years after college and um, worked in kind of the more infant adoption space for a little over two years. And during that time just became really passionate about the birth mom angle of um, the whole adoption placement story. Um, I do have a younger brother who's adopted from Russia. And so just really enjoyed kind of seeing the other end of adoption and learning um, why moms are put into that position and just what, what a sacrifice it is and what a, what a beautiful thing it is when moms can make an adoption plan. Um, and then, yeah, I've just kind of worked at a variety of um, nonprofits in the Twin Cities for the last seven or eight years and um, ended up working for the Real Hope Project. And I plan to be there for a very long time. Um, I love what I get to do, but it's, it's given me kind of a, another perspective. Um, we're still very passionate about the birth parent side of things as it relates to the system, um, but learning more about why kids enter the system in the first place. And um, yeah, just just really learning about kind of that whole process of what a child has been through um, for them to to reach that position. So yeah, that's that's kind of the, the short version. So you have, Abby, you have so many wonderful angles of in the adoption community. You know, you're you're a sister of 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 a brother who has been adopted. Um, you worked with birth moms and now you're working with, um, I would say all aspects of uh, individuals that are in the foster care community with social workers, with children and teens and youth, you know, who are in foster care. So you really have a unique point of view, having been in all these different roles, um, in working in, in adoption. So let's talk about how the real hope project started because it sounds just like such an amazing organization. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. I wish I could take credit for the Real Hope Project, um, but my boss, Casey Stanley, she founded it back in 2016 with her husband, Pete, and it was really just born out of their own personal adoption journey from foster care. Um, they had both known for a while that they would like to expand their family through adopting out of foster care. Um, and we're just finding that, you know, people were very on board with the idea of adoption, but as soon as they added those words from the foster care system, you know, they were met with a lot of um, concern or like, you know, horror story anecdotes. Um, you know, are you, are you sure you want to do that? Have you looked into infant adoption? All those things. And, you know, those concerns definitely come out of a place of care and concern and love, but it really just broke their hearts of like, oh man, there's a lot of stigmas and misunderstandings. Um, and even just recently, I was reading that it's like the percentage of Americans that still think kids are in the foster care system do something that they did is, um, in my opinion, unacceptably high for 2022. So that's kind of how it was, it was formed, at least on their end, um, coming up on six years ago now. And yeah, they started small in Minnesota. They um, just kind of went county by county offering the service that we provide, which is to create these um, two to three minute recruitment profile videos of kids in the system, just to really like amplify their story and give them a voice and be a supplemental resource um, that goes along with their, you know, massive stack of, I mean, you name it, trauma history, medical background, diagnoses, um, behavioral issues, medications, all of the heavy things that are certainly important for a prospective family to be aware of, um, but that can sometimes override the fact that this kid is, you know, in the system through no fault of their own, and that this is still a kid, and they still have a really strong and developing personality and sense of humor and set of interests, um, you know, and so the videos have been pretty magic, I have to say. Um, they're often kind of what just encourages families to take that that next step or that that final leap. Um, we see them working really well sometimes even in kinship placements. We're very pro-reunification and pro-kinship when it's in the best interest of the child. And so when the videos can be used in those settings too, that's that's a win that we count as well. Absolutely, which is why I think your organization and what you're doing with the Real Hope Project is so important because during that lengthy pre-interview conversation we had, you know, just talking about your family and talking about um, resources and and just everything we we discussed, you gave me hope because you talked about how you wanted to be a part of the solution and helping to educate families and better educate those in the foster care system about FASD. And, and we're going to touch upon that in a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm just so thankful, Abby, that you reached out to me. I think it was divine orchestration. I think the Lord connected us for many reasons, one of which is our this episode, but uh, just especially to um, just be there for each other as you uh, grow your work through the Real Hope Project. And for yeah. us to be um, a mouthpiece to say, hey, look at this wonderful organization. Look how, you know, look how you're serving and how you are um, just really being there for that whole journey in mm -hmm. foster care. So getting to that, let's talk about, because I really see this as a, as a ministry, like you, like you were saying earlier. Um, 
why is this ministry so important? Why is the Real Hope Project and what you hope to do, you know, in addition to the Real Hope Project, why is this so important to you? Yeah, good question. Um, I think it goes back to kind of what I was sharing earlier in the beginning. You know, I think holistic has become such a buzzword that it's kind of overused at this point. Um, But having those perspectives that we talked about of the birth parent side of things and then the social worker side of things and then the waiting kids side of things and also the adoptive parents um, side of things, it, it, it really just has helped me kind of view things from a 10,000 foot view and see gaps easier. Um, That just kind of tends to be how my brain works. And, you know, I love working for the Real Hope Project because I do think that this is a significant gap. I think a lot of these kids are more or less left without a voice, um, especially, you know, in a public facing sort of way. Their social workers are phenomenal advocates for them, but your, your average American does not really understand the gravity of the foster care crisis and it's it's in pretty much every state in our country um so yeah i just feel so blessed and lucky to be a part of it i i love what we get to do our stats and our impact have been so encouraging um i think sometimes you can work for a nonprofit and just feel like you're just digging your heels in day after day and nothing's moving um, no matter how passionate you are about it. But that's just not the case at the Real Hope Project. It's so obvious that we're meeting real needs and not perceived needs. And so that's that's a huge gift to our team too, to, to wake up and feel like we have a purpose and um, we can be a part of our community in a way that really impacts generations. Um, I think what we do has a pretty significant generational impact. So yeah. That's, that's why I love doing it. That's fantastic. And let's talk a little bit about those statistics because you all have done some amazing, the videos have such an impact and, and have helped in many placements. So when we, let, when we talk about the Real Hope Project today and your initiatives, before we, we talk about that, tell me a little bit about those statistics because you all are making a significant impact. And I, I would love for you to share some of those statistics so people can hear just how much your organization is, is helping the foster care community. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And it is, it's such a team effort. Um, we have a fantastic team. And then we also really consider ourselves as the people to come alongside. Um, so we come alongside prospective families. We come alongside social workers and agencies and counties. Um, and we come alongside a lot of our partner ministries. But yes, for, for as much credit as we can take, I will say our stats are, um, yeah, just really encouraging. So to date, we have made close to let's see, we've represented almost 300 foster care kids through, I want to say about 280 videos when you calculate in those sibling group videos. Um, And we're still at like the 55 to 57% range of those kids have been matched and are already in permanency or in the process to complete permanency, which is pretty much final. Um, And so those numbers are really fantastic when you consider that we're representing kids who are in that bucket that are much more difficult to place. So these are older teenagers, um, large sibling groups, um, and oftentimes kids who just, yeah, are having a really hard time finding an adoptive family that is a good fit on both sides. Um, so 
we're just, we're really excited to be part of those numbers, especially when we hear that an older teenager has been placed and it's because a family saw the video and had kind of like an epiphany moment, right? Of, oh, I don't need to maybe adopt a four-year-old. Maybe I could adopt a 16 and a half year old. And that could be what we're supposed to do too, or that could be fantastic for everyone as well. And so, um, yeah, those, those emails make all of us very, very happy. And um, we get to film a decent amount of family follow-up videos, we call them, where we then, you know, check back in on a family two years after the adoption is finalized and um, get to share what their family looks like today. So yeah, very exciting. I love that. And those statistics are fantastic. Oh my goodness. What a difference the Real Hope Project is making. So let's talk about what your initiatives are for this year. We're, we're airing this episode in May, which is Foster Care Awareness Month. Um, what are some of the projects that you're working on today? I know when you and I did our, our pre-interview uh, phone call, we talked about some things out on the horizon. Uh, let's yeah. share a little bit about what you all are doing and what's coming up. I would love to. Yeah. One of my favorite things about working for Casey and her team um, is just how flexible we are. I feel like we're always taking on a new initiative and always moving and growing and expanding. So it's it's a very energizing mission to be a part of. Um, within the last year, we launched something called Upstream Stories. And that's really in response to the fact that not only are we representing a lot of kids through partnerships with their recruiting teams, but we receive so many inquiries from families that we started to realize man, we have to have, you know, our ducks in a row on the family side of things as well, so that we're not just constantly passing families down the line. You know, we have to have our own set of resources and materials. And um, one of the questions we get asked a lot is, okay, so you're making this video showing their kid in their best light, but how are you accurately preparing families for the reality of what the adoption process is from foster care? And it's a great question. It's a fair question. Um, and so we have a fantastic um, communications manager, Stephanie Palmer, who is creating, um, you know, just series and series of videos helping to better equip families kind of on the educational side of things. But a big piece of that is these upstream stories too, where we're encouraging our audience to view the system um, in its entirety. And so our bread and butter is always going to be making videos for kids who really are in need of an adoptive family. Reunification is not on the table. Kinship placement is usually not on the table. That's going to be our focus. However, not everybody um, is called to adopt out of foster care or adopt at all. Um, but some of those people might be able to do short-term foster care. They might be able to do respite care. Um, they might be able to support one of our partner ministries that supports the birth families before CPS is ever involved. And so so just really hoping people get plugged in kind of wherever would be best for them, um, especially if it's not adopting a child. So that's Upstream Stories. And then um, probably what I'm most excited about is just our ability to expand. We have a really sustainable fundraising model. Um, we have just some incredible people in our corner who have just wholeheartedly committed to the work that we're doing and are seeing how effective it is. And so we're in a place to grow. Um, we recently launched in Wyoming of all places because we have a staff member moving out there. Anne-Marie Root, our staff member, um, is going to be in the Rocky Mountain area full-time starting this summer. And we just finished our third shoot out there in March. 
And then I'm currently our Wisconsin state lead. And my hope and goal is to get us opened up and running here in Wisconsin and also Illinois within the next couple of years. So very excited about that expansion plan, kind of a, you know, growing deeper and growing wider model at the moment. Fantastic. I love hearing when amazing organizations and ministries like yours are in growth mode, because that gives me hope that you will be serving and, and just being a part of so many people's lives and, and that what you're doing has such a ripple effect, not only in your area, but beyond. So I love hearing that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, thinking about your videos and the, um, the films that you make of the, the youth in foster care, um, who is your target audience for the short films? And um, what is the primary goal um, for someone who would be watching this film? So are you really directing it towards these films, towards potential adoptive parents or maybe churches or communities? Tell me a little bit about your, your audience for um, the Real Hope Project, those films. Yeah, great question. Yeah, so definitely we are trying to get in front of people who could make fantastic prospective adoptive parents. And I think people have kind of a preconceived notion of what that would be, and they assume they don't fall into it. And the reality is the, the check marks that need to be checked in order to adopt from foster care um, are not that overwhelming once you've gone through the process. So for example, your marital status does not matter. Um, your housing situation, you know, you don't need to own your own home. Um, your age, even, I think sometimes people assume that they're too young. Um, and we certainly hear all the time, I'm too old, but we'll hear that from people who are like 43. So um, that's a matter of helping them understand that they can absolutely still adopt. And it would be fantastic for those folks to adopt a teenager. Um, so yes, prospective parents for sure. Um, we don't necessarily like target a specific demographic. We do work a lot with the faith community. Um, that seems to be a group of people who are just really like aware of, um, you know, serving women and children in need with some consistency, right? You've got Orphan Sunday and overseas missions and all of that, but to be fair, there is still isn't much talked about when it comes to the foster community in the church. And so that was a, a big kind of passion point for my boss and her husband. She has a background in youth ministry and theology. And so certainly has a lot of initial kind of on the ground church connections in Minnesota. And um, yeah, the faith community in the Midwest has been significant for us to be able to sustain our model. We have some phenomenal um, pastor partners and church partners and um, some other like like-minded ministries working in the same space. So yes, the church has been a huge, a huge area of support and impact. Um, and then the primary goal really for anybody watching these videos, it kind of depends where they're at to begin with. If they're on the verge of, you know, being ready to adopt and they're already licensed, nothing makes us happier than them finding a video of a child that they then are able to inquire more about directly. Um, maybe they've never thought about foster care in their state and didn't realize that there were that many waiting kids in their backyard. And so then it has more of kind of a educational focus. Terrific. So really your films 
there it's multifaceted in in who the audience is you have you have a wide range in your audience um which is again you're you're filling so many needs through the real hope project and again i'm just so happy to be sharing um what you're doing so um any other initiatives or special events that are coming up for uh, May, we're airing this in May for May or for, um, you know, the summer or the rest of the year, anything that um, is noteworthy that we should be aware of that's coming up for the Real Hope Project? Yeah, so we we really try and keep our sort of um, annual fundraisers just limited to one event. Um, and so that that is going to be in October of this year. We usually celebrate our birthday party, which is really just kind of our founding um, and it's just a really fun time to get together and celebrate all that God has done and all the people who have supported us. And so this year we're having an Oscars themed party um, at a movie theater in Minnesota. And we're just going to kind of put together, you know, essentially kind of short, <laughs> short movies. Um, so we're, we're trying to avoid the, um, the dry chicken dinner um, and maybe the, the awkward keynote speaker and just still really have a a fresh approach to a to a fun fundraising evening with everybody but we're excited about that that movie theme and that that new platform so that's kind of our main event coming up um outside of that yeah we'll just be doing a lot of promotional work this month um to continue you know spreading awareness about the foster care crisis in minnesota and surrounding states and um yeah may may is usually a busy month as is november for national adoption month but um other than that, that's, that's all I know of right now. So we will reach out. This is a little follow-up for our audience. I'm thinking that maybe in October, we'll do an Instagram live with you or someone from the Real Hope Project um, before your fundraiser, just to give people um, a heads up and, and to give people awareness that your, your big fundraiser is happening. Um, and that sounds so much fun. Oh my goodness. I love, I love that theme. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, <laughs> it took me a while. And I'm like, oh yeah, films, Oscar. <laughs> Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Can you tell we're recording this on a Monday, everybody? So yeah, it just took me a little while to get that connection. <laughs> oh, and I, you're you're not alone because sometimes people assume we are actually like a fishing nonprofit, the oh, real my project, because it's too easy and real. So right. we'll make That's the right. hand motion like we're cranking the old. <laughs> like, okay, are you with me? Yeah. So no, you're not alone. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one that's no, just... <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been a Monday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so before we end on our hope takeaways, uh, Abby, can you share how people can follow you, get in touch with you, donate, be a part of your wonderful organization? Please share a way how people can get in touch and uh, reach out and connect with you all. I would love to. Yeah, thank you. So our website is pretty easy to get to. It's just therealhopeproject.org. Just be sure to spell real with two E's instead of E-A. Um, if you have any questions about what we do, you can feel free to email us at info at therealhopeproject.org. Um, our phone number, if you'd prefer to chat on the phone, is 612-888-0494. Those will go straight to me and I'd be happy to chat with you. We are on Facebook and Instagram as it relates to social media. Um, so our Instagram handle is R-E-E-L um, underscore H-O-P-E. 
and Facebook will just be under the Real Hope Project. So we do share the kid videos that have um, public settings that we are allowed to share on our Facebook and Instagram. And really one of the best ways that you can support us is by following us on social media and sharing those reels. Because time and time again, a reel will land on somebody's page, they'll share it, and a different family who was not connected to us at all will see it, and that will start a conversation. So sharing these kids' videos is really our, our main ask. Um, if you do want to financially support us, you can do that on our website. Um, but yes, sharing those kid reels is is really key. Terrific. And I will be posting all of this information that Abby has shared on our program notes for today's episode, as well as in this week's social media posts that we have, uh, we'll be tagging and, and connecting with uh, the Real Hope Project. So uh, you all will be able to definitely share. I love that main ask is to share. So I, I anyone who's listening and you can follow the Real Hope Project on Instagram or Facebook, if you find a video that can be shared, share away because we want that percentage of 50, approximately 50% uh, of those kids who have been in those videos getting placed. We want to see that percentage go up. We, we know this is just such an amazing, an amazing uh, ministry and initiative. So Abby, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. And I'm so glad you reached out to me and I'm so glad we connected and everyone listening, we will definitely have Abby, Abby back on again. And, um, and I will set up an Instagram live, uh, in October so we can, uh, follow up on that big fundraiser. That sounds amazing. So Abby, you know, that we like to leave our episodes with hope. Um, it really gets us through our journeys. Um, and you have this wonderful, unique perspective of being a sibling of a young adult that has an FASD, as well as working in the foster care community. So I'm going to make this a little, I'm going to give you two hopes. I'm going to ask you for two hope takeaways. <laughs> Can you give us a hope takeaway from the perspective um, as a sibling, as a sister of a young adult with an FASD? And then from your professional experience in the Real Hope Project? Yes. Well, first of all, likewise, Natalie, it's been so fun talking with you. I feel like we could do a five-hour episode if we weren't careful. So um, thank you so much for, for chatting with me today and just letting me share about Real Hope Project. Um, yeah, I would say to sort of bring everything back to the FASD focus. Um, you know, as a sibling, it can be challenging. I think you know, growing up, um, there was a pretty significant age gap between me and my brother. And before we really understood what it was he was dealing with, it was easy to become, I mean, you name it, confused or jealous of the attention he was getting or frustrated by um, just, you know, kind of the changes that come from an adoption. And um, I think just by God's grace and becoming an adult and then working in this space, um, you do, you gain more compassion. And then I think, compassion leads to wanting more knowledge and then gaining knowledge leads to wanting to advocate. And so it is a bit of a process um, if you're a sibling um, of somebody with an FASD. And I would just say, you know, be patient with yourself and also be patient with your sibling because they're changing just like you're changing. And um, both of you will likely learn a lot from each other. I know I've learned a lot from my brother. He's, um, yeah, one of my favorite people. And so I'm, I'm so grateful for him in my life. Um, professionally, gosh, 
this is going to sound really cliche, but I do think that the hope takeaway is to just, I mean, keep inserting hope into your day-to-day mission and your focus because um, even having it, you know, in the name of a podcast or the name of an organization, it matters. Um, It signifies that you're not just kind of dragging through the trenches with everybody else, but that you're looking up towards something higher and that you believe things can get better. Um, Not perfect, but better. So yeah, I would just say to keep looking for opportunities to insert that hope, because I think sometimes we can be a very um, realistic society or a very trauma-focused society, and those those are not bad things, but hope definitely has its its place um, among the reality of, of our day-to-day. So just keep holding on to hope and trying to bring it into your everyday. And you reminded me Abby, that we both have hope in our titles with the Real Hope yeah. Project and a FASD Hope. So again, it's Monday. I- <laughs> so good. No, yeah. Oh my goodness. But I love, I I love hearing that. And yes, we do. Ha- we need to keep hope in everything that we do, um, especially since we know that you know we're in. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon, and yeah. and we keep our eyes on hope and our eyes on the one who gives us hope, then, um, we can get through that marathon, especially when others walk alongside us or we walk alongside of others to help them on our, on their journey. Abby, you're right. We could talk for five hours and I think, (laughs) I think we probably better stop while we're ahead so that, uh, our listeners can follow you they can go online. They can learn more about the Real Hope Project. So Abby Marino of the Real Hope Project, thank you so much again for being on FASD Hope. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.